They don't know who we be. They don't know who we be. What they don't know is the bullshit, the drama, the guns, the armor, the city, the farmer, the babies, the mama, the projects, the drugs, the children, the thugs, the tears, the hugs, the love, the slugs, the funerals, the wakes, the churches, the coffins, the heartbroken mothers, it happens too often, the problems, the things we use to solve them, Yonkers, the Bronx, Brooklyn, Harlem, the hurt, the pain, the dirt, the rain, the jerk, the fame, the work, the game, the friends, the foes, the bins, the hoes, the studios, the shows, comes and it goes, the jealousy, the envy, the phony, the friendly, the one that gave him the slugs, the one that put it in me, the snakes, the grass, too long to see, the lawnmower sitting right next to me, because they don't know who we be. Friends, welcome to Sister Love. This is Retta Rainbow. And as we know, rapper DMX, also birth name Earl Simmons, left us on Friday, April 9th. He's on the other side of eternity with his maker and his savior. And we are here with his legacy. And you're going to hear me talk about today's discussion, which is Who We Be. It's one of my favorite DMX songs. It's not my number one DMX song, but it's one of my top faves. I remember when I heard this song, I had already graduated West Georgia. I want to say this probably came out. Yep, I just looked down 2001 because I remember I hadn't gotten my corporate job yet. I'm still working at a grocery store part-time, just trying to hustle money, still living with my family. Still a little bit disillusioned because I tried everything to get my first time job right. Um, and it just wasn't happening the way I needed to be. And it, I heard it on the radio before I saw the video. But when I heard that, that's the cadence of the song. Um, and you kind of gathered that if you heard me rap it. Um, again, look up Who We Be DMX. It's one of the greatest songs ever made because you felt his anxieties, the anger, the rage, the frustration. And that's one of the things that I want to capture in today's episode, who we be. DMX made the world understand there were people that were a little bit different than the packaging that we were sold, whether it's things that our community told us who we should be, our parents, other loved ones, friends, teachers, other influencers. DMX is one of those rare people in this lifetime that came out and showed us that whoever you are is enough. And for that, for the rest of this segment, I'm not going to be talking about was. It'll be in current context is because that lives on in me and other people. So let me jump right into it. Thank you for bearing with me. I hope you enjoyed the rap. I am going to keep my daytime job-ish. I know I'm not a Grammy-nominated singer, but I had to give you something. And so... The thing that I want to talk about in who, who we be, DMX, when he came out, 98, he taught us what it meant to have an orphan spirit, but still coexist and shine and thrive and reign, even though your pain didn't go away, even though your background, your past may have not dissipated or disappeared. 
He came on a scene and he showed us, you ain't got to put yourself in no packaging to exist. And so my points today are, how did DMX help us understand what it means to have that orphan spirit? And for those who are a little bit more spiritual, you're shaking your head. You're like, oh, wait a minute. I'm going to interested the idea of having an orphan spirit with the fact of what that comes, that feeling of not belonging, that feeling of abandonment. And then the back and forth with expression. And I'm going to interlock that with the fact of DMX taught us how to cope with all those things. He led it, he role modeled it, and he prayed and invested in us the love that he didn't receive. So let's get into it for real, for real. So when we talk about not belonging, first, orphan spirit. This is me not defining it out of the encyclopedia. The way that you think about it, for those who have ever seen the movie Annie, an orphan is somebody who your biological or whoever was originally supposed to take care of you didn't do it. Whatever their reasons are, they decided that you would be better elsewhere or somebody like a ward of a state. I don't know how this works in other countries, but in the United States, it's called the ward of a state, takes over um, your guardianship and decides what needs to happen to you. So for example, if you came up in the late 80s, early 90s, there were things called crack babies. Um, if you went to a hospital to deliver a baby and that baby was born addicted to cocaine or crack or you know heroin or anything that was, then there was a high chance that the government would become the warden of the state for your child and your child might may be taken away from you. Not always, but most of the time would be. Or if there's neglect in a home and someone takes a child in the home. Or sometimes people give birth to a baby knowing that they're going to give it up because it could be sexual assault. It could be molestation. It could be incest. It could be just the current environment is just not it. A whole host of things. But in essence, you don't have to have that happen to you to feel like an orphan spirit. But in DMX's case, there were some issues with his mom keeping him. And if you watched any of the documentaries that have come out in the last three to five years, DMX talked openly about his mom dropping him off, either his mom or like an aunt or somebody like that, um, dropping him off under the illusion that she was going to come back and get him. And that was never the intent. And he set himself up in a mind that, oh, after a few weeks or so, I'm going back. And that's just not what happened. And he took L's from that day forward. Um and then also you have the older friend in his life when he was like 14, 15 years old, the older friend in his life that he looked up to as a brother who laced um, laced um, some marijuana, reefer, weed, however you want to say it, with um, crack. And that's what got DMX hooked um, and battling, to a certain extent, battling addiction for a whole lifetime, right? And so that belonging you got a man whose mom didn't want him. The streets have wanted him. They wanted to use him and get what they could from him. And yet all he ever had for those streets was love. That's an orphan. Then you have, I'm going to contrast it with my crew of friends that met up at West Georgia. Um, that was my second school that I went to. I transferred into um, Fall of 98. DMX was just getting ready to drop around that time. Actually, he dropped that summer, um, that song How It's Going Down, and oh, that what an epic song. But DMX was dropping right then. DMX was the epitome of my crew. It was five or six of us 
that were from different families, all middle class. Some of us was low, low to poor middle class, working class. Some were really middle class. Um, some of us was at um, was like Atlanta Metro. I was not from Atlanta Metro. I was the only one that wasn't from the Atlanta area. Um, but all of us brought different assets. Like one person was adopted. Another person, like their parents, you know, working class folks. Um, another person, like divorced family. Um, another person, both parents in the home, like mine, um, working class, combination of white collar, blue collar. Like mine, family, combination of white collar, blue collar. And then another one where there was divorces, separations, multiple kids from different folks. Um, and no matter all that, we had a varying spectrum of anger, like resentment, frustration from feeling like we were dealt a bad hand. And so by the time we got to college, we were at this apex of we're all carrying some form of orphan spirit. I'm going to focus on me primarily, but I might dip a little bit. That was the first place that we felt we belong because one, we're all working through anger and frustration and identity and voice exploration, right? But then DMX was right there with the soundtrack of our lives. We didn't even know. It wasn't until like last Friday when I was mourning, I was having a conversation with one person I still talked to out of that crew. And we were talking about, we didn't know what DMX was to us. It's now that we're like giving him that crown. He came out at a point, shiny suits, mace, puffy, bad boy, dance party, because we had just lost Tupac Biggie. And we just had an East Coast, West Coast, hip hop war divide, blah, blah, blah. Puffy came out with a celebration because we needed to turn. And then outside of that, you had Method Man and Red Man kicking it with the realness. Wu Tang was coming strong with Triumph. Um, you still had old school artists like Beastie Boys, Bismarcky, whomever in the background or whatever, Jay-Z emerging with his like, you know, hip hop, however you want to define that period. Outcast is doing anything blossoming even further than what they have blossomed before. But you had DMX raw. Get at me, dog. The places in New York where they used to go, I'm, I'm blanking on, oh, it's called the tunnel. They used to have rap battles and all that. Back then, battling was still important. Being able to freestyle off the top was still important. But here you had this, all them other rappers, they came up from the bottom. You know, they came up from where they came up, and they represented that. But you had DMX who came out of left field, and he entered the arena not playing, but, like, also not giving a damn. He didn't fit the rap mode that we had seen thus far. We had seen a lot of different things from a lot of different regions. There's nothing like DMX to this day. Not a thing. The energy, the intensity, the rawness, but then also the honesty, the integrity, and the ownership of I was thrown away, but I don't throw people away. I was thrown away, but I'm loyal. I was thrown away, but I'm still here. I was thrown away, but I ain't going nowhere. That sense of belonging 
was what DMX spoke to for those of us who had an orphan spirit, who you may have come from an abusive home, but you're still trying to make it happen, even though you're going to school and you're hearing this shouldn't happen to anybody, but you're going home and that's what's happening. Or you live in a war-torn area, whether it's drug or gang violence, um, or you know, one-off violence, it doesn't matter. You're hearing at school like that's not the way life is supposed to go, but that's your life. Or you're going home to a place that doesn't have three square meals like what you got in high school, but you're trying to make ends meet however it is, where wherever your life is going, right? It's that, ooh, my life is not what is being projected on the sitcoms of the day, like the Cosbys um, and Full House and Step by Step and Home Improvement, but I'm still trying to make it anyway. When DMX came out, he made you feel like you ain't got to do nothing different. That's just where you came from. That's what made you. But you still get to be you. And you don't have to change your packaging to belong somewhere. And so when I say sense of belonging, that's what I'm thinking about. DMX was the first person that came out with the dogs, the Tims, the jumpsuits, whatever. Like, he wasn't the only one, but like, you know, it was an affront. That's what he wore. Even when he amassed money, he still came out as himself. And as I say, he was the soundtrack to that. That's what that crew gave me of people. It gave me people who were like mini exes. They weren't trying to mock him. It's just we were all in alignment at the same time. They were just raw, mad, and going through what we were going through. And it was just interesting to see as I look back. That group of people gave me a place where my voice was salient, where I didn't have to pretend I wasn't upset. I didn't have to pretend that I got a fair, unfair shot at life or the odds are stacked against me. I don't understand what I'm going on. Like, I didn't have to explain myself all the time. I got to exist and be, and we all level set each other um, to honor each other. And that was the first place that I authentically was able just to exist in this world. And I feel like, again, DMX gave us that soundtrack for that. So again, that not belonging is very much tied to that sense of being an orphan or feeling like you're alone in the world or feeling like you don't have anything. But he told us we had a lane and we could create our own lane because we watched that man. That man wasn't no um, club out person, but he gave us club bangers. He didn't have to become the thing that he could talk about. Just like we didn't have to change up who we were to be able to exist in the world. So the belonging thing, he showed us like, yeah, you don't belong, create your own way. All right, check one, DMX. Check two, abandonment. I gave you all a little bit of background on that whole abandonment issue, but that was something that, you know, that brings up issues of loyalty. And I, what I see happening today, and I think DMX and countless others are, catalyst for this, but I really want to shout out the Gen Z generation. They are pushing back, and some of this is nuanced. I'm going to push on BIPOCs or, you know, Black, Indigenous, persons of colors, Latin um, cultures as well, Asian cultures as well. We're seeing our younger folks push on the fact of some of the things we've done to get along aren't it. Some of the ways that we've been raised is high-key abandonment and abusive. If you are talking down to your child, that's abusive. If your child cannot have a moment to retort sometimes, that's not always disrespect. 
Let's learn how to have a conversation or have a, have a tough conversation or how to engage when people are experiencing tough emotions and things. But if you come from Black, Indigenous, Latin, Asian cultures, a lot of times that, that's not even acceptable. That's disrespect. You out of pocket. You out of place. And we get, we get abandoned. We get invalidated. We get told to be seen and not heard. And I know some of this is like, oh, no, I've never had that. Well, I'm a Gen Xer. I was a latchkey kid. I promise you, my parents passed down what their parents passed down. Some things they tried not to, but some things they just didn't. And it wasn't just them. The whole community passed it down. Um, and it's more than just get out of grown folks' conversation. It was legitimate the way people could transfer their rage because they're having a bad day or having a bad moment and you don't realize you're adding to the stress and intensity. Um, and let me like make that real clear. What I'm saying is there could be moments and we've all had that moment. You already stressed out. It can happen at home. It can happen at work. It can happen in court. You know you one more incident away from losing your cap. Guess what? It ain't anybody external to you, that's not on them. That's on you. But a lot of times we're, we don't know anything about self-regulation. We don't know about you got to rein that in. You got to be the one that walks away. You got to be the one that comes in the room and says, it's a rough day. Any little thing can set me off. And I'm telling you that now because I don't want to display something on you. That didn't happen. Not when I was coming up. A lot of times you just end up being, you want a physical punching bag, you want a verbal punching bag. And then yet we're expected to go out here and succeed and achieve the world's greatest. How are we going to do that? You just abandoned the hell out of us and, and othered us to death, shamed us, embarrassed us, invalidated us to make, make us feel like, why am I even here? And I think about a lot of times, you know, X and his albums, either the beginning, the ending, or both, or even sometimes when he was performing on stage, he would pray and you would hear that dichotomy between, you know, his hopes, but then also the fears and the rages of the pain versus the joy and the triumph. And I liken that to like the abandonment we experience like in our communities and family. Like he talked openly about his, but are we talking openly about ours as this upcoming generation is really pushing on us to really get clear about we can't just live a certain way and keep abandoning them and asking things of them and then thinking it's going to be okay and they're just going to sit around and put up with it. Gen X put up with it. Millennials put up with it a little bit. When I say put up with it, we somewhere made peace with things that I don't know if we should make peace. And I see us stepping back and we're questioning. And we're not trying to shame the older generations. We're saying, hey, all of us through lineage and intergenerational trauma have pushed some abandonment down to each generation. We got to stop. This youngest generation is asking us to stop with the abandonment. Then let's be real for that. And then there's a literal abandonment. There's a how, what happens to families when there's divorces, split separations, infidelity, domestic violence, partner abuse, um, physical abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, psychological abuse. It's neglect. It's um, narcissism. It's all the things that create a literal abandonment within, in this case, a child or, or uh, adolescent's life. And I think we have enough, like, if we want to look at, you know, where DMX came from, like, that stuff is still happening. We still got folks calling stuff spiritual and you're harming folks. We still got people out here 
live in one way in the church house and then live in a different way when they get home. And then we want to say, well, that's just what's in the house. No, that means you, if you're violent at home, then you're a violent person and we need to do something about it. Because violence is not an accepted part. That's not an accepted social norm, or is it? Because it's in the movies we glorify, and I'm a part of that problem too. But again, just kicking a little knowledge. Lastly, expression. DMX taught me and anybody who struggled with orphan spirit the value of expressing ourselves and honoring our expression. Again, I can't stress this enough. He didn't make his stuff sugary. He used a tall voice, a soft voice, a mindful voice, but he honored whatever came up that needed to come up. And he didn't make it cute. He did that also in his interviews. And I think that's something for me that I always value because it's taken me decades to do voice work. You know, I was relating with the same friend on on, um, Friday when we lost X about there was things I had put up with when I was super young, but I was super angry. But then I also understand like there were boundaries I created out of the anger, but now I have a better delivery or I can better self-regulate. Like, because sometimes you can look at yourself and be like, so was I a better person when I was younger when I was angry? No, nah, it was a time and a place for everything. Like, it's just the beginning stages of stuff. Like, if you've been suppressed your whole life and told you can't be upset, you can't get access. Like, how many of us grew up in households where we're talking about, you want to cry? You want me to give you something to cry about? Oh, you got an attitude today? Like, some people I know would get whoopers because they had an attitude. I would get fussed at or talked down on or walked down on if I had an attitude. You are not allowed to be an adolescent. Everybody know adolescents have all these feelings and expressions and hormonal changes. And yet and still, we tell people to shut up, to disappear, don't cause no trouble. Why you got an attitude? What you doing, anchor? Almost like what you, you got the nerve to want to express yourself. How dare you? How dare you want to be visible? How dare you want to be seen? How dare you want to be heard? Here comes X. X gonna give it to you. Um, and X is the spot. No, I I can't say enough. And I thank you all. If any of this is incoherent, you have my apologies because I know I'm still grieving. But you have to own your voice. There are so many people that I cut off in 2019 and 2020 because that year of vision. It showed me the things I didn't want to see. It was some people who came through, but they came through because God used them. They also came through because there was something in there for them, and their period is over. They can't come with me. A lot of times you'll hear, if you listen to the lyrics, you'll hear DMX cover that. He was the first person really talking about, like, you know, all people always talk about, you know, backstabbers, got songs about it, snakes in the grass, and people do dirty, but like, how many times do we actually resolve that? And when I say resolve, that don't mean go back to that person and make amends, but like, we use a lot of toxic positivity and connected to spirituality. You gotta, I forget the phrase live and let go or let go, let God. But we don't tell people how. Because you know why? Because there's no magic science to how. For some people, it is actually time. The blow softens enough that they can start working on the healing part. They had to stop seething 
or we don't tell people for some of us who ruminate you have to give it time but also intentionality you can't always just cognitively replace something with something else like you know a nightmare with a, a, a better dream sometimes you actually have to go get the feeling that's void and missing so if somebody embarrasses you you need security then you may have to go engage in activities and relationships that foster security not codependency but security so to address the expression that's missing it's not always staying in the lack but it's what's missing or what got robbed so there was times that you know i tried to express myself in my house and i had to air blood up balloon have you ever come i remember um there'd be times i'd be on top of the world come home from school want to talk about something and somebody let the air out of my balloon they in their own world, they really don't care, they're neutral, and they just don't have the same level of joy. And I'm sitting there like, damn, that was a waste of story, because shoot, could give up. Damn. You could give anything. You could rat's ass, what, what I just said. And that meant the whole world to me, and I was hoping I was going to come home and have support, validation, and security. And unfortunately, in those situations, you learn not to take those stories to those places, right, or to those people. It's hard, especially if those people are folks who you give meaning to, like, oh, that's a parent. I would have hoped that you, yeah, in this cold world, right? That may not be how that works. But I feel like X and others help us understand that you may have to go create the family. Like you created a lane to deal with not belonging. Um, You created... Uh, authenticity for yourself to address the abandonment. But then sometimes you have to create the family to address the need of expression because you got to have a support. You can't do world by your own. can't do this life by your own. And if you ever watch DMX in concert, he pours into his people as much as they pour into him. And these people, I'm talking about concert goers. I'm talking about us, the fans. I'm talking about if you, I just watched a video yesterday, it was so country, but I loved it to death. This lady was screaming and shouting, and she was like, ah, and all this other stuff, and he stopped what he was doing, and he was in the moment. There's uh, pictures of him, I guess, at a Georgia Waffle House where he went, and he swept, and he got that old school yellow mop bucket, and he helped strip the floors with them boys. That's community. That's family. You know, we're talking about an orphan spirit, not belonging, feeling abandoned, and struggling with your self-expression. If you're struggling with self-expression, you got to be around folks and people who are invested in hearing you and seeing you and loving on you and investing on you and, and leading you and guiding you and supporting you. And you may have to create your own family. You may, you know, I think about, you know, with DMX, I didn't just listen to DMX last music last week. I listened to DMX. I listened to stuff he was preaching on. I listened to Rough Riders. Like, those of you who know me, if you remember when Rough Riders came out, that was 99. Oh, my gosh. I'm trying not to jump into songs, but he had a whole movement, and there's so many branches of the Rough Riders, biker clubs, and all that, but that was his music imprint. And it was a family of artists he helped bring to life in conjunction with Swiss Beats and I think Swiss's cousins and brothers. And it's a family part of that if you watch the documentary, um, the Dean family. 
And like I said, I'm, I'm just bridging all this to urge us to understand, like, you may have to create. And we hear that. You may have to create more than once your own family. And I say more than once. These relationships that I said I cut off in 2019 and 2020 and a little bit before then, those are lifelong friends and connections. But also, folks, I you know, I mean, you know, distance happened. You know, our lives are a little different. We, you know, some people become parents or get married or, you know, you go live across the world or whatever. Like, I ain't. I didn't see those relationships ending. They're ended for now. They could come back, but I'm not hunting those relationships because I know those chapters need to. God ended that chapter, that book, that whatever. And I have to be open because I used to be close to that. Like, oh, I got friends. I mean, those friends got me where I need to go with those relationships. And I think I did the same for them. But you also got to be willing to, you may have to forgive more than once. To, to get to the place where you can express. You may have to forgive yourself for things that you lived through if you are on the receiving end of abuse, whether it was friendships, um, romantic relationships, um, things on the job, things with your family, things with whomever. You may have to start over again um, with relationships. You may have to, again, open yourself back up to newer relationships. If you're starting over in these areas, but at the end of the day, you're dealing with these orphan spirits and this orphan feeling like you're alone in this world, you will need to be able to find a way to express yourself. Um, you can't give up on yourself. And we need you. We need your voice. You were created for a reason. We need your voice. We need your talents. We need you. We need your existence. And so I thank you all for hanging in here with me today. Um, for those needing a recap, I really just linked the life of X and how he really represented those who felt alone, who stands all by themselves and care of that orphan place and how he kind of modeled for us, like if you're dealing with abandonment, if you're dealing with not belonging, and if you're dealing with expression, like you really gotta create your own lane, create your own authenticity and create your own families of support so that you can be out here shining. DMX wasn't just on the end of things, he taught us how to shine. 